Hello, and welcome back to the Last World Podcast. My name is Jamal, coming from a state with donuts for 17 days in a row. And I'm joined by a man 800 kilometers away with also presumably donuts. I haven't really checked. Ashley Hetherington. Yes, hello. Uh, also donuts for about three or four weeks since we let a foreign diplomat just waltz through. No security, no quarantine. Um, so the only difference really is we're a territory. You're a state. That's right. We're all better than South Australia. Yeah, they've had a shocker. <laughs> right, it's thrown the, uh, the potential cricket season into disarray. First test is supposed to be in Adelaide. Half the teams in Adelaide playing Sheffield Shield. They've gone into isolation. Double up in Melbourne. Go on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be fantastic. 25,000 people in the MCG, all with masks on, 40 degrees. That actually sounds like my nightmare. That sounds like the worst thing ever. Not allowed to line up to get a beer. Yeah, how is that going to work? How are concessions going to work at the MCG? Oh, well, just whatever Dan, Dan Andrews thinks, hour to hour. That's fair. And we're not going to supposedly. Uh, we're not going to get into what your dad thinks about Dan Andrews. <laughs> uh, the podcast's not long enough. Uh, supposedly Wednesday night state of origin in Brisbane, full house, fifty-two thousand people will be there, Oof. and anybody coming from Greater Sydney is banned. So, do, do you think it might be a tad biased towards the Queen, Queenslanders that crowd? Um, I'm going to say yes, but I feel like uh, rugby at this point is skewed towards the greater Queenslanders at this point. Well, I mean, New South Wales love their rugby. They're just all the Sydney siders aren't allowed in. Which is a shame, really, but it's good that they're getting a full house. Yeah, until there's an outbreak and then Queensland's cluster is 47,000 people. Mate, that's like a third of what Florida gets in a day. Yeah, no, good point. Let him, let him go for it. Infect everyone. Yeah. Well, fuck I him. mean, if you use that logic, it's the ACT's only got 350,000 people here. We could all get it. It'd be fine. <laughs> fuck it. We don't care. Uh, how, how did we get from sport to COVID in Florida? All oh, right, the rugby, the rugby. That's a good question. Are you as excited for game three of State of, State of Origin as I am? I couldn't tell you who won the second game. Is it a dead rubber? It is not a dead rubber. It is alive, funnily enough. It always seems to go that way somehow. It's like the EJ Witten Legends game. Always comes down to the last kick. I don't know how it happens. I, I'd argue that the State of Origin is just a tiny bit more important than the EJ Witten game. Not really. It's all just for pride. Yeah, you see how you see how seriously like Richo and that take the EJ Witten Legends game. That's it's the highlight of their year. Because they haven't let go yet. They just need to let go. It's a good point. Something that's hard to do, I guess. That's true. I still haven't. I, I haven't let go of my Victorian eight and under karate state championship yet. <laughs> that was 14 years ago good god 
Under eight. Oh, you should have seen me. I was like the karate kid. Jaden Smith. Yeah, wax on, wax off. That's it. I was catching flies with chopsticks. <laughs> All right. Should we, swi- should we swerve to football? Should we discuss the... Uh, <laughs> The trade. You don't, don't want to d- discuss the intricacies of Kaiokashin karate. Ah, uh, look, <laughs> that'll be a very one-sided conversation. Maybe part two. We'll leave that to part two. Yeah, make it last call. <laughs> no, last call. I've got fifty-five minutes to go on that. <laughs> Give it its own segment. Yeah, part three for the first time ever. Oh God. All right. Uh, yeah, foot, football, I guess. Something that we actually have a little bit of idea about. Not much, but something. So the football uh, trading period where you can trade players just finished. And uh, there's only one team we could start with. I had the pleasure to drive by the Holden Centre where I saw Ned Guy putting up tents because he turned Collingwood into a fucking circus during the week. <laughs> oh, it couldn't Hang happen to, to a nicer bunch of... I'll leave that there. Uh, Isn't it nice to see Collingwood implode? It really is. It it was genuinely fun to watch. Uh, See, I I actually paid quite close attention to to Twitter and trade radio and stuff through the last two days of trade period, mainly as a way to procrastinate actually studying for my exams. Um, And when it became apparent that the Dunkley deal probably wouldn't get done, the only thing I cared about was seeing Collingwood get bent over as much as was humanly possible. And it was better than I could ever have imagined. All right. So I've collated all the picks. I'm just going to, we're going to do a quick, what went in and what went out. So over the trade period, what went out of Collingwood, Adam Trelaw, Jaden Stevenson, Tom Phillips, and a lovely gentleman by the name of Atu Bosenavulagi. And That's not it. bad from you. Thank you very much. And Mike. their dignity. And yeah, that too. That has left the chat. Um, they also parted with picks 26, 33, 39, and 42. And in return, they got no players, picks 14, 65, a future second, and a future fourth. I'd argue uh, that that is quite a dismal return for what, <laughs> for what left the club. Plus, they're paying how much of Trelaw's salary? Is it a hundred? Well, that that was a rumor that they were like they wanted to get him out. I'm not sure that they actually um, sealed that. I didn't see if that was part of the deal or not. But like, I, I mean, I, I doubt it will have been made public. But yeah, I think the rumors were anywhere from a hundred to three hundred. So I think it was at least a hundred they'll be paying. Ah, damn, that is unbelievable. Jeez. And they sh- and they ship two picks. So the picks that they got back from Steve, the Stevenson deal, they shipped out with Trelaw to get back pick 14 and a future fourth. Yep, yep. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. If it was any other club, it, you'd say, oh, geez, I've had a nightmare. If it was your club, you'd be beating down the doors. Because it's Collingwood, it's just funny. That's true. And I even think Collingwood fans at this point are kind of just running with the blows because they're just sick of it. Uh, um, 
Yes, and I mean, and I don't want to get into too much detail because it does substantiate the rant later, mm. which is more of a gloat this week, to be honest, than a rant. But um, I will be taking you through Collingwood's 2020 as a whole. Ah, very good. <laughs> just, just to see whether this was the low light of the year or whether this really might not be the worst part. I was going to say, they've still got a draft left. And like, obviously, like what I've got here is that when you make it clear that you want to sell players and you want to push players out the door, obviously teams aren't going to pay at a premium or even at their value because they know they can get them for cheap. But (laughs) how little they sold them for they sold the farm for a packet of chips is how I feel about what Collingwood did. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even guaranteed to be a good packet of chips. Like pick 14 in a, I know we've been saying this the last couple of weeks that how speculative the draft will be this year. Cause no one's seen anybody play, but pick 14. There's no guarantee we'll be a quality player at all. No, that's very true. And, um, and I mean, heard. Um, Trelaw, sorry, keep going. Uh, no, just from what I've heard, the draft is like you've got five, uh, like seven, like good players, like, um, good talents, and then from eight to 20 is like they're gonna be fine, and then everything after that is unknown quantity, especially when shit just got cancelled this year. So, like, 14, not a great place to be. And I mean, you look at what they've got out the door. We'll start from the bottom. I mean, and I'm not even going to attempt to say his name, but the fourth player that they traded out. Bosana Bulagi. That's him. He um He's only young. He's only played, what, a couple of games. Yeah, um, Really don't know how good he is yet. Phillips is quite a good player, much better than pick 65. I agree. Um which I assume is why you've got your Hawthorne hat on tonight, still celebrating the Phillips deal. Yeah, um, I've come around to the fact that you've got to trust the process with Graham Wright. You'll Isaac leave will Isaac Smith will leave one week, and then you know you'll get a younger, more raw Isaac Smith two weeks later for a bag of beans. I think it's a lot easier for Hawthorne supporters to say trust the process than. Uh, supporters of a club like Essendon or Carlton, where the, the process. If the process was a private enterprise, it would have been shut down and shipped overseas. <laughs> um, your process works. Our processes don't work. But yes, the, the Hawthorne coaches and list management staff have proven to be uh, pretty switched on. But I mean, Hawthorne clearly win the Phillips deal. Stevenson is a 21-year-old kid who had a couple of really good years. And then this year... Got glandular fever at the start of the year, which I don't know if you know anyone that's ever had glandular fever, but it knocks you around for much longer than the couple of months that you're contagious with it. Mm. I mean, add on to that the fact that they've all been in hubs the whole year. Collingwood have been in a couple of different hubs like that, to hub in Perth from what I remember, then back to the Queensland one. Like it, If there was ever a year that you could sort of just put a line through it and say, yep, you're formed this year, not indicative yeah, particularly for someone that had glands at the start of the year. I think very stiff on a bloke that he won the rising star, didn't he? In his first year, he's 21. Yeah. yeah. He's 21. He's 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like he's 31 and he's getting paid overs. Like, he's got plenty of room to grow. And he's shown, he's shown <laughs> what he can be. Um, and then Trelaw, I mean, for as much as Collingwood supporters are now coming out and saying, oh, he can't kick, we're happy for him to go, which is true. His disposal is below par, but he's still a very good midfielder. And for someone that they fought so aggressively to get, mm. um, no, not good for Collingwood, but entertainingly for everyone else, would ruin them for years to come. Because, um, and I can't find the exact stats, so don't quote me if this isn't true, but I think their last five first-round picks, one of them they used on Stevenson, mm. two of them they traded for Trelaw, and two of them they traded for Dane Beans. Woof. So that's five first-round picks all gone. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to say something that's... Um, mildly, not controversial, but it's like a bit of a hot take. How much, obviously, Trelaw, Stevenson, Phillips, we don't know much about our man Atu here. All good players. Um, and I think what Collingwood have done here, they're trying to play a bit of money ball. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're thinking, okay, they're getting paid this much. And it's what we talked about last week in competitive disadvantage. Do like what were they eighth, eighth this year, and they were pretty banged up all year. Um, how much worse does this make them? Because this for me, this doesn't bottom them out completely. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I really rated Collingwood at the start of the year. I act, legitimately actually thought they'd probably win the flag. Um, but like obviously they've had a year marred with issues, marred with big, big potential players probably not playing to their fullest. Mm. Um, like to go is the obvious one there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, like they've forced these players out to be able to afford to keep to goey, whether it's next year or in two years when he becomes a free agent. Um, so yeah, I think they, if their players play to their potential and the glimpses that they've shown, they could still be a really good side. Like, there's still enough talent there. They've still got a pretty good midfield, even without yeah. Trelaw. Like, I think they've got a, like, they've got a pretty deep midfield. Um, losing Stevenson, obviously not great. Um, Phillips, like, <laughs> to be honest, like, wingers are a kind of just a plug-and-play kind of thing. Um, it's not the most uh, tactically astute position where you have to um, learn the ins and outs and kind of thing. So, like, although I think what people have ridiculed them for is that they haven't, they've got fuck all back, but, like, I think Collingwood are a deep enough team that they could still sneak in at eight. Yeah, but I think most sides are like that, to be honest. If everything goes their way and their good players play well and their mid players play well and they don't have many injuries, like, I don't think there's many sides in the comp that you would say, even if everything goes right from they can't make the eight next year. So... Well, yes, I agree that it doesn't completely ruin them. I don't. I don't think there's like any real. Obviously, no guarantees, but I don't think they're in that much of a different position to sort of the sides that maybe finished ninth through 
14th this year. <laughs> this is this, this is a very uh, North Melbourne move for me. It's like, well, I mean, the difference is Collingwood have got a coach. Yeah, that's true. Do we do we know who's um, li- no, not even linked with that job? I've heard. I think I, I think Robert Harvey is firming. Yeah. All right. Um, Collingwood assistant coach. I know Jaden Stevenson's today come out and endorsed him, said he'd be a great pick. Um, Foss has ruled himself out. So then, like, Paul Ruse is out, Ross Lyons out. So other than, um, other than, like, well, I mean, Robert Harvey's an untried coach too. So I think they're going to have to go untried again, which obviously backfired hugely with Dries Shaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's looking like that it'll probably be um, a first time coach, which I don't hate. Um, I like the idea of having football legends as coaches just because, I don't know, it's just nice to have them back. Like Rob Harvey? Probably running yeah, the same and I, mean, I mean, I don't hugely have any evidence for the claim I'm about to make, but I almost think that like head of football operations or GM of football is almost as important as um, having a really, really good coach particularly if you've got a first-time coach, then having one of those sort of godfathers of a football department, sort of Neil Barm-esque. Yeah. Um, is one of those really, really crucial things. If you bring in a bloke that doesn't really know what the job entails, then you have to have someone there with that experience and that success. Yeah, and it also really helps with team building because obviously um, Ned Guy fucked the bus on this one. Like, this is... <laughs> This is, um, if you're going to show people how to build a football team, you just say, look at this. Don't do this. This is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And I agree going back a little bit with your assessment that they're trying to moneyball it a little bit. But the question is, is Ned Guy a Billy Bean? Uh, he's probably not nearly I mean, as a Brad Pitt, though. Only time will tell whether a Hollywood blockbuster gets made about the Collingwood list manager's decision to get rid of Stevenson and Trelaw. Um, the, the odds are stacked against it, I must say, but. That's true, but we do, this is um, like, and it's probably not going to work out because, um, <laughs> well, 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 that's, um, my point is that this is exactly what we said about Brendan Gale 10 years ago. This is giving me Brendan Gale 10 years ago being like, Collingwood are going to be the best team. And looking at Collingwood in 2010 and being like, ha, 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 that's so funny. And then looking at Collingwood in 2020 is like, oh, you've won three and four flags. Like, who knows? Genuinely, who knows? Yeah, but I mean, did Richmond ever fire sale a couple of their really good players because they were paying other players too much money? Like, I think when Brennan Gale came in, he just tried to establish a really good, strong culture, which he clearly did. And Dimmer was... um, key in that but uh, Collingwood appear to be going the other way they're getting rid of players that love the club and really want to be there their members are arcing up their fans fans are arcing up the media is arcing up like it I'm not sure how analogous it is to that Richmond like it's one thing to be bold and say this is what we want to achieve this is where we want to achieve it by this is what we're going to do to achieve it it's another to and maybe it's just Collingwood's PR hasn't been very good and messaging hasn't been very good about why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Time will tell as it always does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
Collingwood are in a bit of a shit show. Um, I want to touch on the dogs. Obviously, with the acquisition of Trelaw, there's been uh, a lot of hype around their midfield. So I want to read you um, their midfield stocks, and I want you to pick their midfield five. Because obviously, one is a Ruckman. Um, and you get to pick... Josh Dunkley. <laughs> I was going to say, you get to be between probably English and Martin. Because um, yeah. Dunkley doesn't get that back up. Uh, Ruckman roll, because, you know, Stefan Martin, still good. <laughs> and the dogs kind of fleeced, um, fleeced a deal on that one. So, uh, pick five. Sorry, just, just before you start, having said that, he's not in Brisbane's best 22 anymore, especially with Danaher up there. Like, I'm not sure he was horribly valuable to Brisbane, which is why they were willing to let him go pretty easily. Oh, that's true. No, I agree. But I think um, Brisbane are where they are right now because they can let people like Stephen Martin go. I don't think he's a necessarily like great world beater, but you think, and we said this before, was it two years ago, three years ago, he was yeah, he, one of the league's best ruckmen. He was, yeah. So like for the dogs to pick him up on the cheap, like that is a bargain. Yeah, no, there were, there were some startling bargains throughout the trade period, which we'll come to, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I want you to pick the dogs midfield. So I've got, Maybe nine, nine or ten players here. I want you to pick start yeah. five and maybe one or two on the bench. So we got Bond. We got Bailey. So I need to narrow nine, nine down to seven. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I got ten. So you need to pick a starting five and then chuck as many as you want on the bench. Yep. All right. We got Bond. We got Bailey Smith. Josh Dunkley. Jack McRae. Jack McRae. Lockie Hunter. Yep. Yep. Libba. Adam Trelaw. Adam Trelaw. Ed Richards. Caleb Daniel. And your wing option, Matt Suckling. All right. Well, we'll start with the we'll start with the clear ones that don't make it in that seven. Sorry, kid, but Ed Richards not even in the conversation. Let's, not um, seven. Let's do five because I feel like seven's easy. Yeah, in, in the five, okay. So Richards is out. Um, Suckling's probably out for me. He'd be what, 31, 32 now? Yeah, something like that. Um, and then we'll start, and then we'll go from the other end. So, did you have the Ruckman in there? No Ruckman. So you got, you got five to choose from. No Ruckman. Three in the middle, two. Okay. Uh, well, Bond. Obviously. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, this is, it's tough. Uh, yeah, I think... So the ones I don't pick from here on out, Suckling and Richards, I could take a leave. But the ones I don't pick, I would still have in the team. Yep. Um, obviously, you can play forward, can go off a halfback flank, can just rotate on the bench. But in terms of starting five, you have Bond, you have McRae, Libba... Trelaw, Dunkley, uh, Bailey Smith, and who else? Have we got Lockie Hunter, Caleb Daniel, and who? Uh, Daniel Trelaw, Libba Hunter, McRae, Dunkley, Smith, and Bond. 
Go out yeah, of okay, so eight. So, and I'm check, picking five. Okay, so Bond, McRae, Weber, Trelaw, Dunkley. So Bailey Smith is getting to miss. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I think I'm happy for I'm happy for Lockie Hunter to play small forward. Happy for Caleb Daniel to play small back because he's such a good user mm. coming out of defence. Um, Bailey Smith's one of those tough ones, but like you look at it, Bont obviously can play forward, but he's so good. You want him in the middle. It's where he was in the uh, All Australian, wasn't he? All Australian half forward, Marcus Bontepelli. Uh, the All-Australian team is a couple of big blokes and then 17 Ruckman. Ah, Ruckman. Midfielders. Yeah, 17 mid-forwards. <laughs> um, it was like the year... Didn't Jason Dunstall kick 120 goals and didn't get named full forward or centre-half forward in the All-Australian team? He got forward pocket, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Bont is just so good. You want him in the middle. Same with Jack McRae. Yeah, Trelaw can't really play anywhere else. Not sure he can play forward, and as a defender, he's just not accountable enough. Which is supposedly one of the reasons the Collingwood, um, that wild, widely reported phone call where Buckley said the the players don't want you around, supposedly wasn't about the club. It was more the midfielders expressing their inability to rely on him defensively. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he defensively can play as a defender, even if it's a halfback flank. Uh, he doesn't. So he's got to be in the middle. A halfback either. Um, Liber is just so good, contested, yeah. in and under. And then um, Bailey Smith and Dunkley, it's probably a toss-up, which is probably the reason Dunkley was so desperate to get to Essendon. Yeah, because well, he's a walk-up. He's a walk-up start in Essendon's starting mid midfield. Yeah, Dunkley would be fifth, fifth on this list. Fourth or yeah, fifth. and I mean, um, he's probably a walk-up start at most clubs that don't have that just animal that Liber is. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Dunkley's that, Dunkley's that tall, big-bodied midfielder that, that you just need in and under. But the Bulldogs have that in Liber, and he's a madman. Yeah, Liber's a fucking psycho, and I love it. Like he is, he is a classic ball winner, and I feel like he <laughs> um, made the comparison when Pal Pepper came out. He just reminds me of Liver. He's just mean, yep. mean in and under, just a dog. Yeah, and going back a bit, it's I mean it's almost Michael Voss esque in those Brisbane premierships. He was just, just would ball. never take a, a backward or sideward step, and there's yep. like. That famous footage from one of those grand finals, I think it is, um, was it Scott Burns ran straight through him and he literally, it was like he had springs on his back. He just bounced straight back up and went straight back at it. Bossy. Um, Why it's a legend. That's true. But yeah, no, Bailey Smith, Dunkley, probably a toss up. I don't know. Maybe have Liber and Dunkley rotating through as that big body mid. Yeah, and obviously most of these players will get a place in the team. Like for me, knowing most about Suckling, like he's more of a halfback. Like a yeah, half-back. I still think you, I still think you have Suckling in your best team. I agree. And Caleb Daniel too. Like he'll play as a small back as well, as you said. Like all of these guys will probably get in, but it, it's interesting to see um, 
how how they'll all fit in. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no doubt that, um, and I think it's been widely reported and opinionated as such, but I think the Bulldogs definitely won the trade period. They, um, they held on to Dunkley and they got Trelaw. I mean, th- for them to be able to almost guarantee Trelaw on that final day so that their two options were either keeping Dunkley and getting Trelaw or getting Trelaw and two first round picks, which is their demand for Dunkley. Like they're in a win-win situation. Yeah. And, and they're going to win again because they've got um, arguably the best prospect in the draft. Um, our boy, Jamara Ugal. Yes, I'm also, all... yes. Uh, just from a fully petty Essendon perspective, I would love Essendon to bundle up a couple of their first round picks up to number two and bid on him. Ah, no, <laughs> I think that we be... wouldn't, we wouldn't get him, but if somebody, but if we bid on him at pick two, that would uh, fuck the Bulldogs over a little bit. Obviously we wouldn't get him and we'd be able to get Logan McDonald. Yeah. Um, and my draft analysis is coming later. Excellent. I can't I'm wait for that. Um, <laughs> What other big deals do you want to talk about? Um, well, for me, I know we've talked about the Collingwood fire sale, but still the, the um, criminally underpaid for player in the trade period was Ben Brown for mine. Yeah. No, it's a what do you go for? Like pick, pick 28? Yeah, like a late second, and a, like a future third and fourth. Third, yeah. Spot. Ridiculous. Like, like um, North moved up like... 10 spots next year's draft kind of thing um, for, for a, what, what, what do we, what did you say last week? Like 60, 60 goal a year forward. I think he kicked before this year. I think he'd kicked 60 plus three years in a row. Yeah. And like that is production that you genuinely don't get nowadays. Like, and like even more than other players who we're trying to excuse their form through hub life or like, um, Stevenson, who got sick at the start of the year and uh, couldn't quite recapture his best form. Like Ben Brown had genuine personal issues this year that yeah. would preclude most players from reaching anywhere near their potential. So, Yeah, let alone getting on the field. I mean, I don't know what North are planning because they have no players left. They, like they culled... No coach. No players, no coach, no money. It's not looking good. Reckon they still got their no, they actually, they actually, they actually do have some money now, which is um, hmm. a lot better situation than they were in ten or fifteen years ago. But my goodness, it uh, makes me feel better about Essendon because I mean, Essendon. Even though Essendon didn't get Dunkley, we come out of trade period having got we've got pick six, seven, and eight, which is, I mean it's the most 2020 thing ever for us to have three top 10 picks in a draft where nobody knows what's going to happen. <laughs> it, it's very <laughs> to have pick, uh, pick six when there's um, a consensus. Five, on five good players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, we've got pick six, seven and eight. We've got Jai Caldwell for, I mean, honestly pretty cheap. He uh, interestingly was one of the players, one of the players drafted with one of the first round picks that we gave to GWS for Shield. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> so in a way, that almost makes that Shield Shield deal look a little bit better for Essendon because general consensus has been that we paid massive overs for him. But um, 
getting Caldwell back, who was a pick 11 for essentially pick 28. Um, pretty good deal. I mean, I think uh, we got pick eight from Carlton Facade, which was a good result. I think 27 from Port Adelaide for Fantasia is a fair result, given what he's produced the last few years. Yeah. Um, we you got Nick Hind yeah. back from St Kilda, who's not anything special, but he adds a bit of pace. Two metre Peter from the Gold Coast, who's only 24, got pretty good potential. He's big. You just need big bodies, like especially after losing Joe. Like obviously Peter Wright's not an ideal um, replacement or anything, but like it helps have big bodies. Two meter boys always help. They don't get any smaller when the little blokes get tired. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think most sides actually had a pretty good trade period. To be honest, Collingwood excluded. Um, Carlton's list is starting to look really good with the additions of Saad and uh, Zach Williams. Mm. Are they going to actually mm. do anything though? Like I feel like Carlton's yeah, well, who, the last three years. Who knows? And I mean, Charlie Kerno's injured again, which is disappointing for him and probably disappointing for their prospects. But Having surgery, isn't he? Um, he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, their list looks all right. I think Brisbane are definitely primed if they can get Cockatoo and Danaher fit. Um, who else? Port Adelaide look okay, especially if Fantasia is fit and gets back to the form he had four or five years ago. Because mm. that would allow someone like Rosie to play more midfield time. Yeah, that strengthens their midfield for sure. Um, the two Western Australian clubs didn't do a whole lot, I guess. The Gold Coast didn't do a whole lot. The Alir-Alir deal for me is one that Port Adelaide won pretty convincingly. Like, he's definitely got some potential. He's, he's definitely got upside, and I'm I'm uh, interested to see why Sydney let him leave. Because, like, he's a big body, um, throws himself around, and, like, like, with Sydney, Grundy's getting old. Rampy's no spring chicken. Um, Is Grundy still playing? He's still around, man. I swear he's still around. Well, I better wipe him off my list of someone you haven't thought of from a while from the (laughs) mid-2000s. No, um, it does feel like he's been playing forever. That's how I felt about Harry Taylor. Uh, Yeah, that's true. But no, I think... Regardless of why Sydney let him leave, I think he's a much better fit at Port. I think he's much better as that third big defender floating across and taking intercept marks. Yeah. Obviously, Port have got Jonas and Cleary. Alia can play that sort of bigger... Um, sorry, that third man up and across intercept marks role. Because he's so quick, he can also play on blokes that are smaller than him because he can keep up if he has to play small. So I think he'd be a good fit at Port Adelaide. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Oh, obviously Geelong have really gone all in. If they don't win a flag in the next two years, they are in trouble because with the way they've got rid of all their draft picks, they're just they're gonna be rooted. Yeah. Like after Jeff- sort of twenty twenty two. Jeremy Cameron's nice to have, but then you've got Sean Higgins thirty two, Isaac Smith thirty two, uh Dangerfield thirty. Selwood thirty two. Selwood thirty. Yeah. yeah. Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's getting old. Everyone's getting a bit slow. 
So yeah, um, I'd like the all in move. It's very uh, bold, <laughs> but um, yeah. And I'm from, um, from this far out, the, the three clubs that look, well, really four clubs, probably if their kids keep going, the four clubs that look really poised to have a tilt next year, unsurprisingly are the four or sides that played in the prelims this year. Yeah. That makes sense. And like, uh, there are obviously teams on the fringes who, if they can um, maybe have a nice draft, get some good contributing players and everyone just plays up to um, a decent shout. I reckon you'll have like a top six maybe, but like, I feel like there are a lot of rebuilding lists at the moment. Um, which has been shown by the trade period. <laughs> yeah. And just looking at that bottom half of the eight from this year, West Coast, it's hard to judge. Like they didn't play well in the Queensland hubs, probably cost them some ladder positions this year. But I mean, Josh Kennedy's just about at the end. Um, oh, is he? Well, it's going to be his final year next year. I think he signed on for one more year. Yeah. Um, yeah, 33. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard to, hard to judge. West Coast, St Kilda and the Bulldogs, I think will improve after the trade period this year. Brad Crouch is a good get for St Kilda. Yeah, um, should be a bit more consistent on the inside than someone like Brad Hill was when he came across. Brad Hill is not um, an inside player but, and will never ever be an inside player. I don't know why <laughs> St Kilda tried him in there. No, I don't know. But um, having Brad Crouch in there will allow. Hill to get out a little bit more as well. So that'd be nice for them. But like the Bulldogs and St Kilda, as much as I think they'll both improve, I don't see either improving enough to seriously challenge next year. I agree. I think they um, could be uh, media, uh, <laughs> like media fodder. They're going to be everyone's pick to be a dark horse um, to go a little bit deep in the finals because they've got nice lists. The dogs have made nice trades. As you said, St Kilda got Brad Crouch, but then, it's one of those things where they might be one or two years out. Yeah. And um, Collingwood, I think, will go backwards, even if it's not astronomically. Mm. GWS, I, I mean, it, evidence mounts that they have to sack their coach. I think there's so, be- many, so many people this year and for the last five or six years have wanted to leave that place. And I know Western Sydney isn't probably a great place to live most of the time, but it cannot be a coincidence something has to be wrong there no it's it's probably a it's honestly a probably a mixture of both and that people play for a, a team like you, that's older than them yeah and i mean you could write the team out and maybe we can each have a go at doing it for next week but you could put together 22 players that have left gws and they'd probably beat most afl sides oh that's how i feel about um carlton <laughs> oh well I mean who's left Carlton that's a genuine superstar oh no like all time oh yeah probably but yeah. Is it, I mean GWS have only been around for 10 years and already in that time so many of their real good players have left yeah and moved multiple times oh who who's the lad who's moved broke history Tom Hickey Tom Hickey yeah four yeah. teams four states um on an island of his own, I believe. Uh, no, Derek Kickett played for five. Is it Derek or Dale? Yeah, Derek, I don't know. We had this discussion a couple of weeks ago. One of the Kicketts played for five clubs. I think St Kilda, Adelaide, West Coast, Frio and Essendon, I reckon. But yeah, no, I was listening to Tom Hickey 
through the week on Trade Radio, and he said, being a ruckman at West Coast, it's a little bit demoralising because you know you're never going to be the number one ruckman. Yeah. Because you're behind Natanui. And he said, as soon as we found out the season's getting shortened and the games are getting shortened, he said, well, I knew I was fucked. Yeah. Um, he actually, um, in combination of him knowing he's not going to get a game and of some of the West Coast staff cuts that ended up with their ruck coach getting cut, he sort of transitioned into being the ruck coach through the middle of the year, as much as being obviously a player and still training hard. He was trying to teach guys like Oscar Allen a bit about ruck craft. Yeah. Oh, sounds like it's going to career after, co- uh, after football with that attitude. Um, yeah, they asked him about that. He didn't seem particularly keen, but who knows, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, Hickey's moved on. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to before, I think Collingwood will go backwards. GWS will probably go backwards. Carlton, I think, will get a little bit better, but even if they sneak into the eight, I don't see them going anywhere near challenging. Yeah. Um, and who else is there? Frio will get better probably, but not enough. Essendon, who knows, honestly. I don't think there's anyone in the uh, below, let's say 12, who are going to make any serious noise or push. No, so I think there's a, like a few. I think the top four are on their own island. Bulldogs and St Kilda are that next rung. And then I think the next sort of six are all pretty similar, depending on form and circumstance and injuries. Yeah. yeah. And then there's probably that then there's probably that next rung below that is just proper rebuild. North, Adelaide. Probably Hawthorne. Probably Essendon to be honest. Yeah. Although it, it, it's like it Essendon's a frustrating one because if we get all our players on the park, our midfield's pretty good as well. Would have been a lot better with Dunkley. But like the addition of Caldwell who's a top ten pick and is twenty one should improve it. Zach Merritt's a very good footballer. Heppel's still around. Yeah, Heppel's about finished, I think. I think he'd be off the halfback flank if he plays next year. Is there any chance? Um, Dylan Shields, a very good footballer still. Darcy Parrish, uh, Andrew McGrath. Kyle Langford's that big body that we've been crying out for. Um, Devin Smith hopefully can recapture some form. If Stringer can get fit, he's very explosive at his best. So, like, there's enough talent there, but it's all circumstance and how well they play for the coach and whether they, well, in the case of Stringer and Tipper mainly, whether they pull their fingers out and get themselves fit. Yeah. Is there any chance that Dunkley comes to Essendon next year? Because obviously you want to come. Dogs didn't get what they want. Is there that uh, desire to just like push through or does he actually want to go to the Dons? Um. I say the problem is he's got two years left on his contract. So even if it gets to this time next year and he decides he wants to come again, then we could be in the same scenario. But it'll probably go back to that sort of thing that we were talking about before. Like, if he's in their starting midfield, he seems like the kind of guy that would be happy and will push on. Like, he's in their leadership group. He's yep. um, obviously well-respected. And uh, the thing that lots of the media have sort of glossed over is the reason he wasn't in their starting midfield was because he wasn't, completely fit because he had a pretty serious foot injury earlier this year Mm. um so if he's fit and like if he gets the midfield time and is happy with what's happening he seems like the kind of guy i think that will be happy to stay yeah 
But if we get to this time next year and he isn't happy with um, the professionalism of some of his teammates, which is apparently one of the rumours going around, which would be guys like Liver and Lockie Hunter and stuff, I think, Ooh. who are pretty renowned party boys. Um, it doesn't help. And if he's still not... Mixed. And if he's still not happy with... Um, sort of his role in the team, then there's always the chance he asks to come again. But, I mean, the Bulldogs and Sam Power could just as easily say, all right, well, he's still worth two first-round picks. Yeah. Which it's highly, highly unlikely we'll have two first-round picks to give next year. So I um, I don't see him coming next year, possibly the year after, but I think in all likelihood he'll probably be a Bulldog for life now. Jeez, for life? Good God. Well, I mean, he's best friends with the Bond. He could very easily be their next captain. Yeah, that's you true. You don't know. Until Bond decides to move to Geelong when he's 35 years old. Well, unless Geelong come up short again next year, they might throw the war chest at someone like Bond. What, what could Geelong possibly have to offer the Bulldogs in... In exchange for the Bond. How old would Bond be next year? He'd almost be a restricted free agent, wouldn't he? Uh, I'm going to look this up. But I don't think there is enough first-round picks in the world that would make the Bulldogs give up Bond and Pally. He's 20. That's true, I guess. He's 24, so he will be a free agent next year, I think. Unless he's got a contract, which he probably does. Um. But yeah, I guess Geelong could offer him the farm. The Bulldogs, you're right, would probably match it. Um, though, at, we've talked about their star started midfield. They might not have a hell of a lot of salary cap space. Do you get rid of the Bont, though? I feel like he's the last person you want to get rid of. Yeah, no, we don't want to get rid of him, obviously. He's the captain of the football club. He's a superstar. And this is all completely hypothetical because there's like a 0% chance he asks to go. Oh, I feel but, like um, club, club. I feel like we just made this rumour up just now. Yeah, we did. We've started. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be reported on the Daily Mail tomorrow. If if Geelong ever get Bontempelli, I will, um, I will offer this podcast to... AFL itself, and I'll be like, look at, look at this timestamp, forty six minutes and forty nine seconds. Look at this timestamp. Hell, we are Nostradamus reincarnate. Correct. I I called Adam Sard wanting to leave Essendon six months ago. Nobody around me believed me. Said, do you have any basis for that? No, no. Could have picked anyone off that list, and they wanted to leave. Well, that's not true. You're more of a basket case than we are. Yeah, but at least no one wants to leave. Everyone's just retiring and then being like, oh, maybe I'll come back. Yeah, James Frawley going to play for St Kilda. I'm pretty sure I told you that two weeks ago. Yeah, he is, and it's looking very likely, which is, I mean, good for them, but he's he's lost a step. He is is slow as molasses. (laughs) Did you say no one wants to leave? Didn't Isaac Smith just walk down the highway? Oh, no, Clark, Clarko has this thing where everyone old um, wants a multiple-year deal, and he's like, if you don't take one, they are. Yeah, yeah. 
I know he did somehow manage to force Lewis, Hodge and Mitchell out the door. And Mitchell still came back. And yet is still allowing Sean Burgoyne to walk around on his walking frame. Because he gives him one-year deals. Burgoyne knows the system and he's like, he's, he's been on one-year deals for the past three years, I think. And I reckon Dustin Fletcher had one-year deals for 10 years at the end of his career. <laughs> he's still on one-year deals now. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, but yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good wrap of trade period, is it? Brought to you by afl.com.au. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, the Trade Radio. Yeah. No, the trade there's no, no, nowhere near enough ads in this podcast to satisfy Hutchie for Trade Radio. Oh, mate, you wait till we start getting ads and having to do ad reads. That's going to go off the fucking shops. Who do you reckon, if, if we had a sponsor, who would be our first sponsor? Uh, you mean who we would want as a sponsor or who would want to sponsor us? Let's go both. Well, just any alcohol company we are putting the call out. We don't need to be paid for your ads. Just ship us free alcohol to drink during our podcast and we will (laughs) happily give you a glowing endorsement. Maybe the same with um, betting companies too. Just chuck us a free 10. Chuck us a free bonus bet for the multi every week. Multi, sponsored by Sportsbet. Sounds kind of good. Yeah, I think Ash's multi would be more popular than Mick's multi, to be honest. Yeah, fair. Um, in terms of who would want to sponsor us, that's a pretty easy question. No one. That's true. Ever. Bye. Or maybe like... Um, yeah, no, I, I'm sticking with no one. I can't, couldn't dare blaspheme a company's name saying they might want to sponsor us. I'd have cease and desist letters. <laughs> maybe we can stick with the uh, Collingwood Football Club. We're on the same uh, reputation at the moment. About the same quality as Ned Guy. (laughs) The last call brought to you by Ned Guy and Eddie Maguire. Poor Ned Guy. Like, I know he's, you know, done a shit job, but he's just a dude. And everyone's been fucking his shit up. He's just a a guy. (laughs) He is just a guy. Um, I don't have... Actually, do I have the... Oh, no, here we go. But now he's got his own theme music too. Oh, that's tough. All right. Uh, I got nothing else. Any any last points you want to touch on before we conclude and go to part two? Well, just what are we going to talk about next week on this part? Tune in to find out. Yeah, that's true. Well, what do we got? The draft is in three weeks. Oh, mate, we'll find something to talk about. Are you kidding? Maybe we'll run a simulation season on AFL Premiership Edition 2005. Oh, I've been playing the two seven, uh, 2017 game. Come back for that. But here we are, sounding out for part one. Thanks for listening. Come back for part two. Right. Analyze the draft and bash rants and all that fun shit. Stay in part two.